Hey everyone, this is Cherry. And this is Kat. And you're listening to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sad. Um, <laughs> today we are talking about VHS 99 because they, they keep making these for s- some reason. And we keep watching them, even though I don't think we've liked a single one, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um spoiler free synopsis of vhs 99 i can't even tell you what number this is in the in the franchise because i'm not keeping count but um gosh this one well if, for those of you who don't know who have never seen a vhs movie they are a series of like uh, vignettes imagine like an anthology of short stories um usually there is like a frame Usually there's a frame story that's supposed to like tie them all together somehow. Um, I will say in this one, for your spoiler-free synopsis, the frame story kind of loosely ties them together until you get closer to the end. Um, I don't know, things go awry. (laughs) Things go awry. So from this point on, we're gonna put spoilers because this is actually an anthology. So it's, it's broken into sections. So each section, we will give a synopsis that is basically the spoiler and then we will spoil the shit out of each piece. So yes. <laughs> if you want to watch it without the spoilers, you gotta, you gotta go watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause this, that's the best I could do without telling you everything. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Spoilers yeah. in three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So actually before the spoilers, uh, it's funny that <laughs> right before recording, we were like, Oh, we're... Cherry was like, Oh, we're caught up. But I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> so there's VHS one, which I think we liked the concept of, even if it wasn't like a strong telling. Mm-hmm. I think VHS two is our favorite. I think was, was that the one with the with the with the zombies and the. I think so. And then viral is abysmal, right? Yeah, and terrible. Mm-hmm. Ninety four, which was you know okay, but that frame story was so bad. And oh yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> it like knocked it, it, left it on such a low note that I think yeah. we forgot that we liked part of it. And then this one is the fifth one. And so they announced this one and they made a big deal out of it. And I think they put out a trailer and then when they dropped it, and this seems rude, actually, when they <laughs> dropped it, they dropped 85, 85, VHS 85 at the same time on streaming with zero fanfare. And they were just like, oh, it's a bonus. But because of that, literally nobody has seen 84 or 85 everyone everyone talks about 99 and 99 was like the top most streamed uh movie on on shutter like it made them like all this money and stuff because it was so hyped and then everybody who made shorts for 85 just got fucked so oh wow yeah so i you know i'm gonna watch 85 out of the goodness of my heart i am too and we might not feel we might not record about it but i'm gonna watch it just out of yeah. solidarity to those creators maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll make some tiktoks about it because <laughs> that seemed when i found that out i was like that bro if i was in the second batch if i was in the 85 batch, i'd be so pissed so mad so pissed. <laughs> i'm not like their wikipedia has like no spoilers on it it's that it's like that bare bones oh because like nobody's watched it so nobody gave a fuck like anyway rude right so i guess let's talk about it section by section so okay we'll actually go ahead and spoil the frame story first because it's such a loose frame story and it ends a segment early so 
this time, instead of there being like a reason why people have to watch a bunch of VHS tapes, which was has been kind of the theme of the mm -hmm. earlier one, there's just one tape that has been taped over a number of times. Yes. And so we are seeing the latest use of this tape as your frame story. So chronologically, it's the one that happens the latest. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Right. And that is that there is this like doofy teenage boy using this camera to film these stop motion little mini films, right? right. Little cute yeah. mini with the, films. With the little green army men. Yes. <laughs> and then it turns out that he has been using his older brother's camera. His older brother uses the, the film to... I don't know, like try to do upskirts and film himself flexing <laughs> and just being a jackass. Yep. <laughs> the jackass teenager. <laughs> right. And so they have a hot girl move in next door and they end up putting spyware. They get the nerdy brother to put spyware on her computer so they can see her naked. And it goes horribly awry because she is a monster and she kills them all. Yes. Right. I mean, that's that's it. That's the synopsis. Now, here's <laughs> I don't have a problem with her being a monster out of nowhere. I don't even have a problem with, with her being like a Medusa out of nowhere. And right. she just starts ripping men apart and turning them into stone. That's kind of <laughs> cool. It's an unusual monster type. You know what pissed me off? You know what pissed me off so bad? <laughs> she doesn't wear glasses the whole time. So she wears glasses for half the time, but right. not the whole time. <laughs> and if you're going to establish to me that this lady is a hot Medusa, she needs to wear glasses the whole time. <laughs> Why is she suddenly not wearing glasses? <laughs> I'm angry. I'm upset. <laughs> I guess we're supposed to believe that her having a wig on prevents her Medusa powers from functioning, even though I feel like that's not how Medusa powers work, but okay. <laughs> but she, and she has her glasses on she has like the sexy lolita heart glasses mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. when she's in the pool she has it when she's washing the car she has it like most of her appearances and then suddenly when she's talking to the little brother and in the house with the little brother she's not wearing them anymore right mm -hmm. and i i would have even been okay with her taking them off while she's on the computer because then you'd be like oh it's the computer keeping them from getting turned into stone yes just like if you looked at medusa in a mirror like with the mirrored shield in greek legends you wouldn't get turned into a, into stone right mm -hmm. so i would have i thought i i really thought that's what they were kind of going for once it was clear that she's a medusa lady was that the screen would make them safe but then they just drop the ball she just doesn't <laughs> She's got glasses sometimes. Sometimes she's got the power. Sometimes she turns them into stone. Sometimes she does, you know, I don't, I don't like it. I want consistency in my Greek cinematic universe. <laughs> I thought it was funny that these boys, like, one, they're, they're not like the ones you like in school at all in, in any way, shape or form. <laughs> like, not, not even, there was not one single endearing friend in the whole friend group. I thought it was in, funny when they, um, like they make a comment about the like statue heads that she has outside of her house. And none of them, I was like, that is a lost opportunity for them to like comment on how wild those heads look. Cause I get it. You're teenage boys. You're not the smartest boys in your class. You're not going to see some heads and think Medusa. Of course not. Right. But like, 
those heads, <laughs> they were not like statuesque. Some sculptor made these. Like you could tell that they were like in the throes of terror <laughs> when, they got, when they got frozen. And none of them were even like, those heads look really weird. I don't like them. They creep me out. Like, no, they were just like, oh, look at those statues. Okay. And they doofed on. And I was like, oh, well, here she comes. I was like, oh, she's a Medusa. Got it. <laughs> Can't wait to see. <laughs> um. Also, finding out she was a Medusa made me wonder if that snake skin that they found was like, like, do, do Medusa's snakes shed their skin? Like, I went there. I think that was the implication. I think that was, I think that's what was implied. Hmm. But then why would she be shedding her skin just out in the yard? She got a whole house. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was large shed snake skin just out outside it was also one chunk of a snake skin like a giant python snake skin all her snakes were little bitty bitty snakes i don't know math ain't mathing but i think <laughs> i think that where it's supposed to be it's implied that that is that I mean, that is hers i guess i guess i don't know <laughs> or it's foreshadowing in some way <laughs> hmm. i did not enjoy the reference to y to y2k i thought it was poorly done i did want to eat hot pockets though when the older brother's like make me a hot pocket it felt like every other line was a reference mm -hmm. they were like britney spears remember that <laughs> hey like y2k <laughs> a bunker like they just kept it was it, and they were like so obvious and like shoehorned in as if they had had a whiteboard and tried to think of all of the things in 99 that they could think of and then just like turn them into a script so <laughs> in true vhs fashion <laughs> yes but i did not i did not hate this actually i'd say as far as like frame stories go it was probably my favorite outside of two i think because two had the detective and the girl mm -hmm. where they had to watch the tape to try to find a missing person or something like that yeah or, or maybe they were getting paid for the tape i don't remember exactly but they had a reason to be in the house and to look at the tape and then they did try to leave but it didn't work out and so like it tied it all together pretty well and it like made sense but uh so i think i think this might be my favorite frame story besides two just because two is much more like narratively cohesive yes yeah i mean and after we watch 94 almost any frame story is going to be better than than that <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not that's not a lie i will say that if i had watched this before 94 i think my overall opinion of vhs's would be higher okay <laughs> i think that overall most of these segments i liked yeah yeah these were better even if they were like things about them, like, yeah <laughs> like even viral the at least the frame story in viral was consistent consistently bad i mean yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> it <was. laughs> but it was one <laughs> that's true <laughs> all right i guess let's roll into the next segment so we're gonna yeah let's go segment by segment just because that makes most sense for vhs's i think i think <laughs> so this is, this is the one which is also a group of punk teens making a skate slash prank video. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, that was very popular at the time. So I'm allowing them to have two. <laughs> uh, 
they were also both better in this one than they were in the one where it was the zombie fight and they were like strapped to all the all the cameras were strapped to the skateboards and they just wanted to puke the whole time oh yeah yes uh-huh. i think it was viral anyway that is i think that is viral yeah <laughs> yeah both this this segment was better than than that one by far um but they're i guess they're like a a band type friend group yeah i think i didn't i didn't get that until they got to the like the lo- the location <laughs> i mean they play a little music in their intro and then their name is i guess their band name too and it's their initials right yes and it's uh-huh. like rask or something yeah it's rack yeah rack there we go <laughs> And uh, so I wrote a group of teens makes a skate punk style jackass video desecrating the murder site of a tragedy and end up satisfyingly dismembered and possessed. <laughs> that is right? perfect. That's kind, of, that's kind of the summary here. Um, <laughs> I did think the transitions for this overall were really good. Like they've gotten much better about making it look at least somewhat the way that it would look to tape over a tape. I know that it's probably made by people who've never seen a VHS before because they're all children. But this time I bought that it was one tape that had been taped over a bunch of times because most of the time I'm just like a filter. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. This one was better as far as the transitions between, especially the fact that like the, the pieces of the frame story that you get between the segments are very short. Um, and like completely there's no context whatsoever to these little <laughs> these little beats bits except that you can tell they're connected to each other and that is all and so that is like much better than what they've been doing before um i it's funny that you mentioned jackass because i didn't get jackass from their little like mtv style reality show but at some point i compared it to um Oh, I can't even remember now. Not Jackass. I was, but I was like, it's definitely very MTV. It's a very MTV style reality show. And then at some point I meant to look it up. There used to be a skate show on Vice when Vice was still a TV channel, which I don't know if it is now, but Vice was a TV channel and they followed like actual skateboarders doing there's some like, uh, like around the cross country, like skate competition where you have to take different videos of yourselves. It very, it was very reminiscent of that to me, them like filming themselves Mm. skateboarding and like, you know, I don't know skateboard terms, (laughs) but doing those things, it like felt like that to me. And I was like, that's very like that show. I can't think of the name of it for the life of me. I should have Googled it anyway. Um, so these friends are, tell us the story of this, like, uh fire that happened at this place called the colony underground first they call it an art collective and then later they talk about how the headlining band was playing when the fire started and i was like is is it an art collective or is it a club uh, like an underground club because i I can explain this actually oh thank you Yes. Okay. So I was really, because I'm really into disasters. Like I just love to, to look up disasters and read disasters. It's like, I, I think it's because I'm an inherently a very anxious person. And I think reading and looking up documentaries and, and stuff about this makes me feel like I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm good now. Um. So this is actually a combination of two extremely 
well-known disaster fires. And the weird thing is that both of them had incredibly high body counts. And oh. so when they're like, oh, only five people died, I'm like, strange. <laughs> but uh, so basically there was a an art collective called Ghost Ship that was out in, I want to say California somewhere. And it was, I mean, it was basically people squatting and living in a, in a warehouse. And they were all poor artists. And so they had like, you know, one extension cord with 15 extension cords in it. Mm -hmm. And because it was an art collective, people had like sculptures and flammable art supplies and just shit everywhere. And so one night it caught on fucking fire and people have been squatting there and living there. And so 36 of them died because they got confused and you couldn't get out because everything was being blocked by like art and crazy shit and like there weren't emergency exits. And yeah, so a bunch of people died and there was just like nothing anybody could do. And they had known for a while that this was like, yo, this is a fucking fire hazard. <laughs> oh, no, uh. but just, I mean, people are gonna do what they want to do, you know, and in, in the name of art. And so <laughs> they all died and it was, you know, it was pretty tragic. And then they mixed it station station nightclub fire basically mm -hmm. and that one is really famous for crowd crush which they kind of talked about but the thing is that like when you have crowd crush we have we've talked about crowd crush a shocking amount in this podcast <laughs> we <actually>. have <laughs> you know we just talked about this for thanksgiving anyway we did. <laughs> when when you have a crowd I, I feel like i'm a psa for crowd crush <laughs> situations crowd crush crowd listeners if you like concerts crowd crush happens quite often at concerts there is that really tragic thing that happened at that travis scott concert right and a yeah. couple people died mm -hmm. like if you're at a concert where people are pushing in one direction for a reason uh like they want to see a soccer match or they want to see a um you know a person performing on stage or they're trying to do a mosh pit or whatever and the people in the back do not understand that there is no more room at the front and the people at the front get crushed that's how crowd crush works so what they said is that this fire in the movie they're saying oh this this fire broke out and everyone had to tra trample the band to death and like stomp yes. them to death but it doesn't make any sense because they would be trying to get to the exit or it would be unintentional crushing because they were trying to get to the front but the band is the front so there's yes. no way that they would have been like the actual inherent situation i almost feels like you gave an AI, like you gave Chat Chat GPT, this situation <laughs> between these two disasters, and told them to make one up, because like the Station Nightclub fire, the reason it became such a big deal is that the the band w set off fireworks, like pyrotechnics, oh, in this shitty warehouse, and so it caught on fire. So then everybody was rushing the main exit, and the thing that was really sad, and there is footage, it's very tragic. It's definitely that like not safe for life. You see it and you're fucked up. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna stay with you because there were multiple exits, but the, you know, when you have a, a situation, most people head for the exit that they know. And so they all tried mm -hmm. to run for the main exit and they got wedged in the door. Oh. And so, I mean, the, the camera person literally goes over to the side, films a little bit where you see the doors completely open. You see smoke coming out, but they could still be getting out. But no one knows about the side exit. They didn't try to go out the side exit. And the few people who did go out the side exit did live. And then they go to the front and it's just people like sausage packed. Wow. Sausage packed. And some of them got pulled out. Most of them didn't. I think about 100 people died for that. <gasps> it was oh. a huge, huge 
thing. And so I, I appreciate that they tried to change it so it wouldn't be as reflective of a real, real fucked up situation. But also because of the way that they changed it, the actual disaster in this segment doesn't make sense. There's no way that the band members would have been trampled to death by a bunch of people trying to escape a fire with the physical location and from the area where they put like the burned boot, like they're not on the stage, they're not anywhere near an entrance. There's no like char or burning in that area. Mm -hmm. It just, it just actually did not make sense. It definitely was like an AI generated disaster. <laughs> that is tragic and scary. Like I've definitely, I've never thought about crowd crush, but for some reason crowd crush came up on my like, FYP on TikTok recently and I fell down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm like, it's not a rabbit hole you want to go down. <laughs> no, but you know, that's one of the reasons why this year, uh, and it might be going forward, that they canceled the Shin the the Shinjuku Halloween Fest. There was, and I don't know what year it was, but I feel like it was recent, kind of recent. There was one, there was a bad crowd crush on a Halloween night in Korea uh fairly recently. That's kind of why, because Takashita Dory Street, you remember when we went to Takashita Dory Street, yeah. that it was pretty tight. And yes. they were, I think that they were worried that because it was a similar setup where large crowds come, there's no way that they can control them all. A lot of people are drunk coming in and out of stores. And they were like, we actually have the same setup where this could happen. So we are, so, I mean, they're not really, they, they put things up and they were like, these stores in this area are not allowed to have Halloween specials. Like you are not allowed to do an event here because mm -hmm. we do large crowds here. So it was, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a very serious thing. And I think that if you've ever, I've definitely been in crowds where I worried, even though nothing had happened or I was like, mm, the you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel good here. So I'm, I'm going to go because you, that's something that you should definitely be kind of aware of. Uh, but the point is that this one doesn't do it very well. <laughs> no, because, <laughs> which is where we're going with that. <laughs> yes. No, because the band would have been, even if the, the band would have been one, the, this, the, our main characters in this segment go to the building where this event happened, where this fire and these four deaths happened. And there's a little stage and the other stage is only like a foot off the ground, but the band would have been a foot off the ground higher <laughs> then the crowd that allegedly crushed them. And then, as like you said, the band is at the front. The exits are at the back. So unless the band booked it and beat everybody in the crowd to the, to the doors, <laughs> like, which doesn't make sense, then it doesn't make sense that the crowd, that the band are the only four people in this whole event <laughs> who were crushed to death, were crushed first, and then died in the fire. Because that's what they Thank say, you. that they get crushed by the crowd. <laughs> I was like, mm, that doesn't make sense. I need more backstory, but there wasn't any. Uh, and so then they go to the location. And of course, like the implication is that it's a haunted location, but they're, you know, cool, like, you know, jackass style <laughs> vloggers. So they're going to go and they're going to film and they're, um, they, they prank their I don't want to call him their weakest friend but clearly he's like the brown friend he is, he is he the is... brown friend yes <laughs> and they are so mean to him I couldn't find the actor's IMDB to find his ethnicity but I think he is from you know maybe Desi like from India mm -hmm. um but 
they call him Spice Boy, and they're like, oh, because he brought spices to fight the demon. No, that's, you no. know, that's a, you're slurring. You're doing a slur. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's probably, that's what I got to. I was like, mm, he's probably Indian. Okay. Yeah, and they're, so, and they're so mean to him specifically, like out of their way to be cruel to him, which made me sad that he he didn't live because I thought... I thought when he runs off that he would have been the only survivor, but then he's just still there for some reason. And I get that they were like, at one point when they're first coming in, they have to tell not show because of the way it's clearly just one giant space and very easy to navigate. Uh, But when they first walk in, they say stuff like, oh, it's amazing here. It's so hard to leave kind of thing. (laughs) And of course, and the girl's the only one who's like, I can get out. Or whatever. But I needed him at some point to be like, I've been trying to get out for 10 minutes or something like that. Or I'm so lost or whatever, you know. Instead, he he storms off as if he is going to safety after they take the prank too far. And then he is just still there to be murdered. He's just still there. Yep. And we don't know he's still there until, poof, he's there with the the ghosts. (laughs) And then he throws the spices and they seem to work. Mm-hmm. And then he's still dead. And I'm and they don't show him getting murdered. And so it was just a very his anchor, I think is his name. He is he's the A in the in the rack. Oh yeah, anchor, and, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh he his fate is so unclear. I wasn't sure. I I feel like even the director didn't know whether or not he was gonna survive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never see him again. So oh no, we do see him again at the end. That's right, that's right. Yes. Right. So, I, yeah, I was just kind of everybody else. We get to see them get exploded or dismembered or whatever. Get to yeah. watch the fate. So they play this music on the stage and that's not enough to get possessed. They literally, man, it's in such bad taste. They <laughs> fill up some blow up dolls with red jello and then crush them to death. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And I actually really liked the way they amped it up because it almost felt like, you know, it looks like. Other people have been like maybe crashing here, like mm-hmm. other jackass teenagers have probably broken in over the years, you know, why, why would it be so haunted that it would like kill them? And it's like, oh, cause these kids are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they are asking for, to be ghost murdered. That's why. <laughs> they are. They're not, <laughs> they could just come in and film their little band playing and leave. Nope. They're going to crowd crush some blow up dolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. wow so i was like yeah you guys deserve the murder all the murder uh but then the zombie so the zombie bitch cats i think is the name of the group. yes yes it is <laughs> the zombie bitch cats come back from the dead and they look so good they, like, do. they did a great job on the makeup for this segment and it helps that like they know their area it's lit very well for like a low lighting the filter they use on the camera like layers of correct mm-hmm. all of this looks great um and we see them all die and then the final stage show is so creepy and gross yeah. and we have just finished watching how many mascot horror movies and this one had the scariest like almost Chuck E. cheese-esque animatronic type movements out of all of them all of like them. it looks because each part they get ripped to pieces and then put back together, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But you get, you get the feeling like they're not quite put together right. Maybe they mixed up some of the parts, you know. Some things <laughs> might be backwards or, like, upside down. And 
it's almost like every part is moving individually uh-huh. when they play. But the lights, the lighting is correct. They do the close up from bu- from below, like a music video angle. Yeah. But it helps hide a lot of those like, you know, the puppetry or whatever, like the behind the scenes of it. And so it looks it's for such a brief I rewound it like three times just because I really liked that part I really <laughs> liked that part it looked great and so I was super impressed with this this particular like the logistics of this this particular segment were chef's kiss yeah I rewound that part too I wanted it to be like a little bit longer I was like these this creepy like marionette dip body part oh it was so good I was like can I just get a little more they probably cut it to be absolute optimal. Like what is the absolute best looking part out of everything we filmed for this? Let's only use that. And it's yep. very effective. So I, <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to look up who, who shot this one and I will keep an eye out and I hope they get to do a full length. Cause I'd be down. I would be down. It's a very good use. Finally, a ve- another very good use of like the whole VHS. This tape is old concept. Finally. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will the segments I think did a really good job of using the VHS format in their mm-hmm. story in a way that wasn't just and then they had a camera you know <laughs> and then any old found of footage you know I think they I think they did a pretty good job um and I think the acting overall is really good mm-hmm. in this one like it feels like they actually cast some actors in almost all of these segments um yeah impressed. <laughs> I actually recognized someone in one of these segments but I'll mention it when we get to that one we're not there yet but yeah I didn't look okay so I really loved this next one it felt very sorority row to me (laughs) which I have a soft spot for because it was my sorority row was my all-time favorite movie that I've seen in theaters because especially for a horror movie like it's hands down my favorite because I decided to see it at noon on a weekday (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have been in college at the time um but or I just had like a day off and I was like and it wasn't a holiday and I was like I want to go see a a movie I want to see a horror movie I want to see a new movie I don't know anything about in the middle of the day and I was the only person in the theater (laughs) and so I picked up my feet I was kind of half playing on my phone watching the movie having a great time and then I saw a dark figure walk into like walk past the front of the of the screen (laughs) and I about I about died like I about fell out of my chair like this is it this is the end for me and it was an usher of course (laughs) of course it was (laughs) and he was I think he was just checking to see if it was completely empty because I think if they're completely empty they like turn it off to save power or something (laughs) and so he was just like popping his head in to take a look and trying to be kind of stealthy so he didn't, you know, yeah, <laughs> distract. But it scared the shit out of me. And so I was like, yes, 10 out of 10, best horror movie going experience of my life <laughs> was seeing Sorority Row. <laughs> and this is very Sorority Row vibes. So I was already going to really like it going in, going into it. Um, <laughs> so uh, our, our little synopsis, I wrote a couple of little synopsis just because there were so many of them. Uh, in a Tales from the Crypt style uh, horror segment, college freshman Lily is desperate to leave behind her mediocre roommate, Helen, and join the coolest sorority on campus when a cruel prank involving a knight buried alive dooms them all. <laughs> Excellent. 
and scene. <laughs> I think here I was also I was also extremely impressed with the casting because they're all good actresses for one. Uh, but also like they're all pretty. They're all pretty. Helen is pretty. The main girl is pretty. Mm-hmm. The sorority girls are all pretty. But they're very when you look at them. I buy the sorority girls are sorority girls and the outcast girls are outcasts. Yeah, like they look pretty but not in the right way for this sorority yeah Mm -hmm. so our main girl they it's like i think there's just like something slightly wrong with her makeup like it's just not quite the right (laughs) color on her lips or her like eyeliner's a little crooked like she looks like she's trying too hard even though she is a very she's a pretty actress yeah and then the roommate, first of all, is a brown girl. So you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got like a Christian shirt. Like her shirt has like, uh, had like a cross and like a dove on it. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this is why this is when, so when she says, you know, to her roommate, like, oh, you're trying to rush like those girls, you know, girls like that looking at girls like us. It, it, I immediately understood the distinction. Like I could see it. <laughs> And then at some point, oh, yes. So Helen is the roommate and she says, oh, you're going to suicide bid. You're going to only try to join this one sorority. And if they turn you down, then you don't, you're not in any. And she says, that's going to be like, you're going to be, you're going to doom yourself to being an outcast forever. And I was like, you know, most people on a a college campus are not in a sorority, right? Like that's, (laughs) but then I was thinking the kind of girl who would apply for sororities, a bunch of sororities and get rejected from all of them would think she's a social outcast yeah by being rejected and i was like mm, okay because mm. okay. <laughs> she all of those people who aren't in a sorority are not the type of people she wants to be friends with even yes. though they make up the vast majority of students on the campus <laughs> um there's a is it netflix i think there's a netflix documentary that recently came out about um the alabama rush because there are a bunch of TikTokers that during Alabama rush season were like posting their, this is my outfit for the day. And these are the sororities I'm applying to and that sort of thing. So net, it might be Netflix or HBO. One of those made a whole documentary following some girls who were rushing. And it was the same sort of thing. We're like to these girls, not getting in a sorority was going to be like the end of their <laughs> academic career, even though they were freshmen. <laughs> like that, that was going to be, that was going to be it. Like to like for a lot for most several of them, that was why they chose Alabama specifically for their like top one number one school was because they wanted to be in the Alabama sororities. Like the, that oh. like the whole like that whole process. And I was like, this is. I mean, it was a really interesting. It was a really good documentary to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, because their whole process is supposed to be very secretive, it got out that there were like cameras on campus. So like one of the girls drops out of the documentary before it's even finished, like over. Um, and she gets into her, so they find out she does get into the sorority she wants to be in. She's got, it's like, it's it was really good. Like if you want to be like, this is a wild process for something that like might not benefit you ever later in life. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was wild and really good. They take it so seriously. And so like seeing this, I was like, this is very, this feels a lot like that documentary, but obviously yeah. it's missed, yeah. Yes, that's very interesting. I have friends, we have friends who were in sororities, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have any friends in college who were in sororities. Like at that time, I didn't have any 
I just didn't happen to have any sorority girlfriends. Right. But now, yeah. you know, now I know, you know, as adults, I have some friends who were in sororities and they, they seem to have a very nice positive time, but I did have a friend who tried to rush every frat on campus and he is my old roommate. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he just so desperately wanted to be cool and like be part of that, like drinking cool guy, hang out with hot sorority girls culture and he just wasn't that guy. He just Aww. wasn't that guy. And I I remember that at one point they were having one of those like rush event things. Um, and it wasn't a party. It was like they had like a table set up. I think we were all doing like recruitment, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I was there for anime club. Look, don't at me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I walked over and was like, hey, roommate. And you could just tell from the other guys who were like in the, they were, they had the same eye conversations that the sorority girls were having in this, in this thing, mm. a little less cruel, but a little more like, well, what is this? Do what, what are you even doing here? Like that. <laughs> and I think, and I was socially savvy enough to pick up on it, but I think someone that desperate either isn't or doesn't want to see it. And my, my friend didn't get into a single fraternity. Oh. Um, so, and, and that was kind of like a big deal to him. So <laughs> I, I definitely could, I was, I, it definitely felt true to life when I was watching this. Um, I had always wanted to be in a sorority, like growing up watching like a different world and, you know, the Cosby show on TV and all of that. And then like black soror sororities and fraternities are very different. <laughs> than white fraternities and sororities. It's a very different process. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is true for white people, but because there are so few, there are only nine, nine that I know of, the, the divine nine, like Panhellenic Council, black fraternities and sororities total. And so you go to any campus, if they have a black fraternity or sorority, it's going to be one of these nine. And like growing up, I really wanted to be a part of that. And then I went to Spelman College, which for those of you who don't know, is a small uh, private college. And when I say small, I mean, uh, my high school might have more students than Spelman does <laughs> in a given year. Um, and so because Spelman's a private college, they have very strict stipulations on the number of students that could be like inducted every single semester. And so that made it extremely competitive. And I, uh, I my best friend at the time, we're still friends now, but we've kind of grown apart. You know, we live, we're adults. Anyway, she's a legacy uh, for Alpha Kappa Alpha. And so uh, she that's what she wanted to, rush obviously because she would be a legacy her mom her sisters and I was kind of going through that process with her and then we didn't even get to like we got didn't even get very far and I was like you know what this is not for me <laughs> like I just I wish her well and she did eventually get into the sorority I think but she didn't get in until like she waited until we graduated and then did it that route um but yeah I was just like watching these other girls like like so focused on what they're wearing and what their hair looks like and so focused on like impressing other people. And that's just one thing that I have never been good at is working really hard to impress other people. And I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so I am not in a sorority. I uh, I hope everyone who is enjoys it though. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was not my thing. And I had to find that out, not the hard way, but. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a process. <laughs> it was a process. <laughs> This prank is so good and cruel and believable. Like, yes. 
And the way it goes awry is both so like obvious and yet so natural for the setup. Like mm-hmm. it, this, is a, this is a very well thought out scenario. Yes. I think. Yes. Um. So this, this, we have this one girl, is her name? Who, what is her name? Why can't I think of her name? It's in my notes somewhere. But our main character. Lily. Lily's the main girl. Lily, our main girl, desperately wants to be in a sorority. And they may name the sorority, but uh, like one I time, I think. I wasn't paying attention. Anyway, she desperately wants to be in this one specific sorority. Um, so much so that she is doing what they call a suicide bid, which is the name of the segment. So basically, um, I guess with these r- rushes, what you do is you apply to however many sororities you would like to try to get into. Kind of like when you apply to college, you apply to multiple. But a suicide bid means you only apply to this one. This one, that's it. And so if you don't get into that one, then that's you're now a pariah to all other sororities because you clearly they're your second choice and no one wants mm. to be second choice. So she applies to this one and we get kind of a time skip where she is hang, has been hanging out with these girls who are members of this sorority already. It is very clear from the beginning that she is very drunk and they are very sober. <laughs> and so you already know as soon as they get out of the car and she's stumbling around and they got to hold her up and they are perfectly fine. Like, oh, this is not going well. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did she not notice she was the only one drinking? Okay. <laughs> so they take her to this gorgeous mausoleum first of all uh and they tell her this story about this girl named guillotine which is an interesting name uh <laughs> who also pledged the same sorority that they are a part of um years ago decades ago however long except sh- uh she was told she had to spend the night in a coffin buried underground and that if she survived the night she would get to be a member but the next day, when the girls came to dig her out, the coffin was empty. <gasps> and she, there was no one there. Oh. And so they tell this poor girl, Lily, that she has to spend the night in a coffin. Uh, and that if she does, uh, they will let her in. But if she doesn't, then they will say that she's, that's event, she's giving up her spot. She will have no chance of getting in the sorority. And so they be- give this poor girl a camera because it's VHS. So there, there's the camera a rope to pull a old 1800s bell at the top top of the thing in case she gets scared. Um, And they give her this box that they tell her, if you get scared, open the box, it'll make you feel better. I immediately was like, no, it won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and so this poor girl, so desperate to get into this sorority, gets in the coffin and she lets them dump dirt on her. Well, not on her. There's a cross cut out of the coffin where she can see out. Um, which to me was even more terrifying. Yes. <laughs> that she can see the dirt coming down. Um, and they bury her in the dirt and it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. They're like smacking it with a pole and just being awful and mm-hmm. making terrible, scary noises. She's, and you're like, this is, this is, this is, I can absolutely see this being the prank because they're not really intending to bury her all that deep i mean they're dressed too cute to be actually digging more yes. than a couple handfuls of dirt you know they want her to like cry and pee herself and then they can laugh at her when they let her out like that's mm-hmm. that's the goal here and then of course it's going to go horribly awry right so yes. it starts raining and the cops come because these girls are ha- being foolish in a fucking graveyard yes <laughs> and meanwhile inside lily is having a fucking panic attack and freaking out uh because she starts to get scared when she hears all the banging 
and she she shit talking her friend to the camera. So <laughs> yeah. rude. I was like, that girl doesn't care about you. She's yeah, all sure. having her own happy happy adventures. She probably she's probably rushing some sorority that is not burying her alive. Like, <laughs> leave her alone, right? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> and she opens the box, and the box is full of full of spiders and they're thick thick spiders big and i was like how how did you even fit that many giant spiders in that tiny little box i don't even it was it was like a clown car of spiders just (laughs) infinite spiders yes yeah (laughs) oh god she's screaming she's ringing the bell they're not letting her up immediately because they're just so happy that they're like getting rid of this annoying pledge i guess Mm -hmm. and the cops come and so they take off and they're like we'll come back and get her whenever fuck her you know and of course it's raining in earnest she's buried in a hole Uh uh-huh what do you think happens and i was like (laughs) yeah that i can see these stupid girls never even occurring to them that this that this this girl's going to die here right (laughs) (laughs) at all and so the mud, start, the dirt starts pouring in because they had only really poured in maybe like they poured in just enough dirt for her to not be able to tell that it wasn't a full hole because it is six feet deep or something like that. It's a pretty deep hole. Um, and so, of course, the rain comes and the rain gets harder and the mud starts pouring in and then the water starts pouring in. And her I could literally feel her panic like this actress was so good she was so like genuinely terrified like i was for a minute i was like is this did they really drown a girl <laughs> because I was, it was real i was like sweating and i was upset i was like oh my god i gotta look this actress up because she is like i am really feeling her pain like i was like the- how did they do this effect like oh my god oh like, my it god looks, it looks so good she is reacting so viscerally like <laughs> ooh. Oh, this was such a good segment. <laughs> it was. Oh my God. Before the water comes in though, and she like smashes that one spider on the side <laughs> and it like spread. Oh, I almost I almost threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was too, it was too, I already hate spiders. Like spiders are my worst nightmare. I would have my soul would have left my body in that moment when all of those spiders <laughs> they all came out of the box. That would have right there. That would have been the death of me. I just would have passed away. Um but when she squashes that one and you can like, and you can tell by her behavior that that, that was the final straw. Being buried is one thing. Like be, the dirt was another thing. Having the box of spiders, opening the box of spiders in the first place was like a third thing, but squashing it and it's spreading and that stain, she was like, oh, I am. That like that was it for her done. right there. That was, she was done. <laughs> then, she, then she gets pissed off. She squashes all the rest. And I was like, okay, at least all the spiders are dead. Oh, when that water came in, she was screaming and crying. And I was like, how does this segment, how does this segment get worse? Oh, it got worse. (laughs) Because, oh, she starts to hear more knocking, right? She starts to hear more knocking. Somebody's knocking on the coffin. They're scratching. She starts calling for Annie, who we know is one of the sorority girls who buried her Mm -hmm. down here. So she's yelling at Annie, calling for Annie to let her out. And then what do we see in that poor whole window pane in the box? It is Guillotine herself. Dead Guillotine has come for this girl uh, somehow through the dirt and through the mud as if the dirt and the mud's not there, but it's paranormal. So I guess it makes sense. Um, and Guillotine breaks a hole in the coffin. And, and that is the end of poor Lily. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. And Guillotine looks quite good. Like whatever puppet they use for mm-hmm. Guillotine, that it looks inhuman and creepy and good. Yeah. And it she is genuinely good. screaming. And I bought, <laughs> I bought, I bought every part of it. I will say the only thing that kind of it's very satisfying because the, you know, we we get to see the sorority girls come back. They see the the water all the way up. They do check the coffin uh for and and don't find a body. And mm-hmm. then they're just kind of like okay let's carry on our way <laughs> you know <laughs> speak of this to no one it's it's fine now <laughs> and then they cut straight to all the girls being buried in a coffin and i i really feel like this whole this thing could have been a whole movie i would have watched a whole oh, movie <laughs> of this uh because they had to cut straight to them being in a coffin and then they had to do some really kind of hammy exposition where you know, Lily comes back and she's she's like undead and the makeup looks good, but then she's just like, I have come to take you instead of guilty, you know, and I was just yeah. like, I don't need a I don't need a monologue here. I just but they needed to speed it up. I I got yeah. I understand, I forgive you, but I think just Lily's terror and, and the death that and the taking was so dramatic and cool and creepy mm-hmm. that it was kind of a letdown to just have some girls be screaming in a coffin and that that's the end now i know and honestly if lily i was i was okay with that right up until lily talked because yeah it was obviously her when when she Mm -hmm. came into the coffin like we knew it was her i didn't need that i just wanted her to show if she just shown up and the girl screamed credits or like black that would have been fine because yeah we can assume the rest but i absolutely if you're listening to this whoever made this segment get some funding and make a full movie i want it in theaters I yes, I'm in. I will go see it by myself at twelve o'clock on a on a weekday. And <laughs> you can beat Sorority Row. Cat and I will be there. <laughs> Feel free to call it Suicide Bid. It's a perfect title. I, I love it. Yeah, it was, I love it. Yeah. Change nothing. <laughs> um, and then we get a little tiny piece of our like frame story again. They're kind of irrelevant, so we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We already did. We already did the whole thing with that. So. The next segment is the game show, yeah, which was very much a mix between Double Dare and Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, like they were dressed like the Legends of the Hidden Temple, and it was in like a big faux temple. But the finding flags buried in gross stuff and mm-hmm. obstacle course is Double Dare. Double Dare. So it yeah. was just literally the two of them smushed together. I felt very. You got a nice little nostalgia boost from me for that. It's a whole bunch of 20-somethings listening to this, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> there used to be a bunch of, I guess we do have to explain, Jesus. Okay, so there used to be a bunch of kid, kid-oriented kid game shows on Nickelodeon when mm-hmm. we were younger. And two of the coolest ones, the ones that people always watched or wanted to be on were Double Dare and Legend of the Hidden Temple. And you would win stuff, like you could win like a, 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 an amazing tube tv or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> trip a trip to you know universal studios or whatever you could you could win some cool shit um and sometimes just money double dare was the one where it was really gross and so you would be going down like slip and slides with like whipped cream and getting mm-hmm. pies to the face and you just left it feeling real sticky and uncomfortable right <laughs> covered in gack in the green slime yeah slime Ooh. nickelodeon slime yeah. <laughs> yeah all of that but you had to find these like i remember distinctly that they one segment was they had a big round 
they called it a sundae, but it was clearly just whipped cream. It was just whipped cream with chocolate sauce. And buried in this sundae would be red flags and you would have to find a flag and like run it through and you're slipping and slide and covered in whipped cream and stuff. And everybody's LOL. That's, that's, that's Double Dare. And Legends of the Hidden Temple actually was kind of creepy because it was that like, I don't know, it was like dark and atmospheric. Yes. And then you could get like murdered. <laughs> like <laughs> these people would jump out dressed you know actually in pretty culturally insensitive outfits yeah, it was kind of appropriate yeah it's kind of a uh, racist yeah but okay. <laughs> yeah but they would jump out in ooga booga and grab the kid and the cat kid was dead basically unless they had like a special item like if they had found an idol or something they would get to yeah. continue living and so that yeah it was just it's kind of neat because a lot of it that you would look at i was like oh i see i see what you did there <laughs> Uh, but here's here's my here's my my summary. A callous show host of a rigged game cripples a young girl and then experiences torturous revenge at the hands of her family before granting the girl her favorite wish uh, to see them all dead, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Which was an unexpected twist was a twist I did not see coming. I did not. I didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first of all, this, this game show is called Ozzy's Dungeon, which is ominous. And it, I, I don't, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to look like it was like public access television, but it definitely looks like it was public access. <laughs> like this one dude, this host had built this set himself in his home, why it was all internal organs was I would not want to play on a game show where I had to crawl through intestines. <laughs> that's that's um yeah that was a little bit much for me. Um so they're there and we can you can tell who our main characters are even before the tragedy happens to the girl because they kept like focusing on her parents and her parents and her older brother are in the audience looking very serious where everyone else is like laughing and cheering and like, you know, right, rooting them on. Her parents are very stoic and they're like glaring at everybody else in the audience. <laughs> like they're not happy to be there. And I was like, oh, they are really, they really need her to win this money or this trip or whatever she's about to get. Um, this was the one where I recognized, uh, I recognized the mom and I can't, I couldn't place her. But like, she's definitely someone I've seen as like a, like a secondary character, or like a like a, a background character in some stuff. Like she might have like two lines or something. And so I was like, oh, this is an actual actress. <laughs> like, like I know this person. Um, and so they're playing the game show and it gets down to just the black girl, their daughter and one other contestant. And they have to dig through the slime and find the red flag and go through this tube tunnel that's, you know, very tight. It's supposed to be like intestines or whatever. Except when they get to the end, the other contestant is like, really trying to beat this black girl at this competition and the black girl is winning so far and somehow because I rewound this like three or four times <laughs> okay somehow she's halfway out of the tube which looks to be made of like all cloth and foam somehow this other kid pushes her and snaps one of her legs like in half and I still can't tell you how she how she broke her leg because it is a very gruesome break on what looks to be cloth and foam. <laughs> and it's so unclear that 
the the actual movie rewinds it for you twice. Mm-hmm. And you still can't tell where or how this is happening. Like how the the pressing, you know, the snapping, the actual the snapping. <laughs> how did it happen? I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very it's a very confusing injury. It's a very confusing injury. Uh I think that my problem with this segment is that it's too obviously a parody from the jump. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So when I mean he's like a comically bad co host. He's like shoving kids out of the way to like get to the center and stuff. It's just very obvious <laughs> and like overblown kind of thing where he's like, I'm here and I hate children on my children's game show. Kind of, you know, very <laughs> yeah. the attitude. And when the break is happening, like they have some audience members who are like shocked and upset because there's blood spraying everywhere. She's screaming at the top of her lungs, stop the game, stop the game. And but in the the host is like, oh, walk it off, whatever. Yeah. I'm a callous person. Did you get it? Like, <laughs> and then it, it cuts over to, you know, this is sometime in the future where the family has abducted this host to kind of punish him. But I don't like. I had a really hard time taking anything in this seriously or being like, yeah, I just had a hard time taking anything in this seriously because I needed him to maybe not be looking at the injury and like he was backstage and like, oh, she got hurt. Just tell her to walk it off. Do you know what I mean? Like I needed yeah. him to not be like looking at this child gushing blood, possibly dying from an artery being severed in her leg and just being like, fuck that kid. Like <laughs> it just, it was so silly. And then- when he is getting tortured, I was kind of like, I don't care about you torturing a caricature of a person. Like, this is not, you can't establish him as a real person who's like crying and bargaining after you've already established him as like a fit, like a, a cardboard cutout of a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just kind of weak writing, I think. I, and I, but I do think all the actors did very well with what they were given. I just think the actual script was kind of weak. It was because I wasn't expecting, like, I didn't know where it was going to go. Obviously, after, like, after they, they kidnapped him and they're like, you're going, well, no, they're, if initially, I guess they were just going to kidnap him and kill him because they didn't know that he could still fulfill a wish for them. I mean, I wouldn't either, though, because it, it looks like such a janky, cheap studio set in the first place. Like, I wouldn't expect this man to be able to do anything for me for real. Um, but after they've like tortured him some, uh, making him go through their own series of like uh, their own kind of obstacle course in their like garage or basement or whatever, um, he promises them that he can actually, that they can meet him is what he says. And I guess him being Ozzy, since it was Ozzy's dungeon, um, and that they, he can actually get their wish granted. So they drive him back to the same studio, which how much time has passed <laughs> because the girl even looked a little older to me than she did on the show. And I'm like, so some years have passed and you're going back to the exact same, that studio is still there. This like game show is still, I guess it's just gone on. They drive them to the studio, they break in and he takes them into what apparently is a real cave 
that the studio is built around, which also seemed weirdly out of place. And there's like a person, a human with a very, like a, a creature in their belly. It was a lot. <laughs> there were just, there were too many things that were not explained. And I felt like they focused too much on like crazy people monologues. They were like, we want to have unhinged monologues for a lot. And, <laughs> but then you tried to have this overarching story where you have this like alien demon thing that can grant wishes that a small number of the population believes in and has harnessed and has created some kind of a cult. Like they canceled the show. Where are these children in the polos and the, and the helmets coming from? They're just there. But then they, I would have been like, oh, these are the other winners. But he was like, no, no one has ever won. And then I'm like, well, then, well, then who the fuck are they? You can't, <laughs> I wish that they had just been like, yeah, some people won, but that, you know, it was very rare or some yeah, shit. Or and something. then I would be like, oh, these are the winners. No, if y'all didn't win shit, why are you in this fucking death cult? I don't know. I don't know, man. And if it's been years, why are they all still children? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> it just became increasingly oh okay oh oh okay like i <laughs> i felt like our, the previous segment the missing pieces were just like i know i know what goes here i wish i could see it because i want this to be longer but uh this is this is part of a greater story this i was like nah y'all just going scene to scene now you don't you don't know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> they didn't know they didn't know because my like so no one's won and i'm guessing the reason no one could win the game show is because in order for this demon whatever it is to grant the wish it has to burst out of the person it's been living in which it was also like a full grown man sized demon still in the belly of a human being who is somehow alive that doesn't make that's impossible that's literally impossible <laughs> who is who is ozzy is ozzy the person is ozzy the demon what and then I was like, oh, maybe, and I'm trying to make it make sense. I was like, oh, maybe one of these people has to like incubate the demon in order for her to get her wish. And so, you know, but no, it's just pop goes the demon and then everybody's dying and she giggling to herself. And that's the end of the fucking yeah. second. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She makes a wish. I don't know if the wish was to just kill her parents, which I guess, but also that white host guy dies as well. And then I think everybody, everybody in that cave, except the girl, right, was killed. Is getting, she, they're all their faces are melting off. Yeah. Yeah. Did she also wish the death of these strangers? That doesn't make sense. She didn't seem that vindictive. I don't know. It was an odd segment. <laughs> I don't know. I had too many questions. Too many questions. Too many. Like, yeah, like I don't understand how she broke her leg, but it looks like it was burned as well. And when they show instead it. of, I thought it was going to be missing or she was going to have like a metal leg. Mm -hmm. But instead, it just looks like somebody took a cheese grater to her leg, which is not what happens when you have a break. No. And so they're just like, look at her, her leg. It looks like dog food. And I was like, but that's not, you literally just rewound and showed us three times that it was just a horrific break. There's no reason why her whole shin up and down would look like cheese gratered. Mm -hmm. Cheese gratery, right? I don't know. I don't know. It would have been better off with them just saying like, she can't walk anymore and then just keep, leave her in the wheelchair and not flip up the, the blanket. Like that would have been fine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He's like crying and sobbing and like rolling around on the floor. And I'm like, you were just like, ha ha. 
a child got her leg destroyed. I love being the game show host. Like I, I don't know what the purpose of this is. I did think that by the end of it, I was like, I don't like anybody in this segment. So I guess you all dying is the best outcome for me. But <laughs> perhaps, perhaps you should write some characters next time. That would be cool if you did that. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> and that's that. And then that this is the very last segment. Which is Nate and Troy, these two guys are filming that it's a very BuzzFeed Unsolved, which I never watched. <laughs> um, I'm not a good millennial. I never watched any of the BuzzFeed shit, but it was so popular that it was just kind of like common knowledge. You would just hear clips and things. But is these two guys doing ghost hunting in the whiniest, weirdest way. And they had their own little show, YouTube. I don't ah. know. <laughs> but they were real famous for a while. And th they're clearly riffing on that with this, uh, with Nate and Troy. Nate is Filipino. Good for him. I liked this <laughs> a lot. It's almost like, he looked Filipino. And he was... Um, <laughs> They, so here's my summary. Nate and Troy film a BuzzFeed Unsolved style demon possession ritual only to be drawn into the demon realm with only eight minutes left to find the demon, Ukabon and ride back to their world in the new millennium. I loved this one. <laughs> it's so fun. It was a really high, it was a high point. I really enjoyed this one. It was so fun and so funny and like definitely a take on these like cults that I've never even considered before. But again, I want a whole movie of this. I want a whole, <laughs> can we just extend this story? I want more of them in the underworld. I want to see their setup, like how they get the job, how they like their, tr their trip across country driving and having shenanigans on the way, like. I want this like this like buddy documentary movie I didn't know I needed. <laughs> it is uh, it is so fun. And it is genuinely like gory and gross and horror-y, but it is also really funny and fun. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh so these two documentaries, the documentarians, if you will, uh BuzzFeed journalists, I'm gonna call them now, um, are at a, a witch's coven. And they are about to do a ritual to summon a demon into a vessel. And there's a woman there who has like volunteered to be the vessel for Ukaban, this demon. And you can kind of tell the way like these women are talking that they're not necessarily, I mean, <laughs> it, it's the way you think it is where they're like, clearly they think that they're witches, but it's not so clear that they actually know what they're doing. And there is one man there. He's somebody's husband. He's probably there because he has nothing else to do. So the ritual begins. Um, and then as, as the ritual is going on, you see some creature, something comes from under the table. Uh, and then everything goes out. Everything goes like pitch black. And then suddenly Nate and Troy are in hell. <laughs> Just poof, out of nowhere. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> And they're in hell and they're freaking out as you would if you found yourself in that situation. Um, it is, I love that it was technically pitch black dark there, except for 
the camera light that they had. Um, and I also like, cause you know, when you see hell in other things, it's like packed shock shoulder, shoulder full of like people and demons and fire and scary. This was although terrifying, like very, uh, they, they were able to like navigate and walk around and there was space. And I was like, that's interesting. And not once they complained about it being hot. <laughs> I was like, that's good. So they're walking around in the underworld, trying to figure out like where to go or like make a plan or what to do. Um, and they realize that if they can manage to find this demon, that they can, their plan is to find him and grab a hold onto him. <laughs> so when he gets summoned back to earth, they will get pulled through the portal with him. Um, they get uh, a woman. Uh, I'm going to call her a woman because I don't think she was a demon. She might've been, uh, but Mabel is her name. <laughs> Uh, they encounter Mabel, who turns out to actually be a friendly little ghoul or whatever they are in the underworld. And she agrees to show them to where Ukaban is so that they can get out. Um, and along the way, they have some really hilarious but short-lived shenanigans. It was... Yes, it's so good. <laughs> I really love... It's a very tight script. And there there is one little inconsistency that bothers me at the end, but... Overall, it's it's a very tightly written script. It's very smart. It's very sharp. I love the plot beats. Um, the fact that they get there and they immediately have like, we have a goal. We're going to find Ukabon. We're going to hitch a ride. We're going to go back with the Millennium because we're going to have, they're going to do the ceremony in eight minutes. It gives us like a ticking clock. It works really well for the short film aspect. And it's probably almost exactly the right time when you look at the actual timestamp of the segment. And so I was really impressed with that. Um... And the demons look pretty good for like, you know, for, for what had to be a pretty minimal budget when they first get there and there's like lightning and they're looking over at the demon and the demon is in like a squat and gets up. The demon had like such a booty, like a per perfect, perfect peach bo booty, but then also wings <laughs> and a double tail. And I thought that was great. Mabel's actress has so much fun with this role like she is having the time of her life she's making these like this rest of the voice that as she's talking and she's she's doing the crazy theater girl like shenanigans with her body <laughs> like she is having a great time as she is playing this character and I really like how competent they write her <laughs> <laughs> like it's at some point, they get kind of separated and they hear a feminine voice calling for help. And they're like, Mabel? And it was like, that girl, if she needed help, would not be yelling for you. But it's, so you already know it's not her. So they go and they get tricked and they almost get eaten by this little like crabby woman-y monster thing. And as they're running away, they run into Mabel and like the look of disgust on her face when they turn the camera light on her, she's just like what are you doing? Like, why are you screaming and flailing and rolling on the ground? Like, ew. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Mabel is like, I like, I need, I need her to have her own show. Okay. <laughs> um, like her, her little adventures in hell. I feel like she has a job in hell that she probably goes to and clocks in and it's like, oh, I got to do this again for another eight. I don't know. I liked her a lot. Um, and she, her, when they, um, at that one point when she's like, they, they they think she's eating a dead person or whatever, and they get upset because they're like, oh, you're just tricking us. You're probably going to take us and feed on us yourself or whatever. Her, when her poor little feelings get hurt, I was like, look at this short, 
we have time for like character development in this tiny little 10 minute segment where her feelings get hurt. And she's like, fine. And she like runs off and leaves them behind. And then later she comes back and she's like, ha, huh, you thought I was going to feed this to myself. It was for that, th that demon over there that I was going to, it was going to attack you. I had to pay it off to let us pass. I was like, see, look at that. Mabel is a true friend. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I do think, I think it's really neat because they play it like she's kind of a uh, savage you know she's wearing like the the torn up clothes and like ripping body parts off and stuff and so what her payment is when they tell when they're telling her how they got there from the witch's book she's like oh write my name in the book because i'm cool i'm mabel and i have commanded legions and i want to be you know it almost feels like she wants to be famous and they're like okay sure and they do do it uh -huh. but you get the feeling that it's kind of like to humor her right this isn't really going to do anything right but it's a witch's book and so we get like a post kind of credit scene where it's implied that they're going to summon the mabel now that mabel gets summoned because they wrote the name <laughs> of the book which actually makes her really smart uh-huh <laughs> that she set it up so she could be summoned back into the real world at like her full power like oh shit Mabel is a mastermind. Mabel is a boss bitch, okay? Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, so I think the only, I, I love the bickering. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to write fast-paced bickering inside like a horror movie or action situation without making it sound like too pithy and read off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of times that we do this, we I, I'm very hard on movies for just being like, too tongue-in-cheek I guess like patting themselves on the back too much and I, somehow this segment just did it right like it felt like these characters would act like that and they would be able to multitask to the extent that they're able to in this in this scenario like nothing felt superfluous or just talking to talk it felt like deliberate character choices and I thought that was really good yeah me too it was really good um and then so their plan goes as mostly as they wanted it to uh she gets them to ukaban they do grab a hold just in time for him to be summoned to the other side except uh it didn't occur to them and me either honestly i did not i did not predict where this was going even though i guess i should have uh that ukaban they were summoning ukaban to possess the vessel and so it makes sense in hindsight that when these two, uh, Troy and, I already forgot their names. Nate. <laughs> Nate, when Nate and Troy go through to the other side, that they do not go through to the other side as themselves, but they go through and enter the bodies <laughs> of people on the other side. And I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> well, okay, so this is the part that I don't like though, because I think our cameraman, Troy, the white guy. Yeah is in his own body. But that implies that his body stayed on the other side, right? Because Nate is yeah, in the so vessel. That's, that's why I didn't like it because he, it looks like he's just in his own body because there's the right number of witches and there's the husband still. So there's no other body for him to possess. He's just on the floor. And then he looks up and then Nate is talking through the through the woman who mm -hmm. has been possessed. He has possessed her and he's like, hey, you're back. And it's like the man's voice coming out of the, the, the woman's body. Um, and then the witches get mad and like murder the both of them. And I was really confused because I was actually kind of expecting if you were going to do it that way, then I needed Ukabon to be in Nate's body. Yes. 
instead of Nate's body is missing, but Troy's body isn't for no reason. So I, there were too, too many or too few bodies, depending on how you look at this. <laughs> and that, that inconsistency really bugged me. <laughs> really, really bugged me. <laughs> so when you, when you make the safe full length feature, which you should, I loved it. It's BuzzFeed Unsolved meets like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> like the two of them together. That was the vibes of this segment. <laughs> and I enjoyed it very much. But when you make it a full length feature, uh, please fix that for me. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I will like this. Well, like this full yes. length. Thank you. I will pay for I will pay to see this. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. I'll give you five American dollars. <laughs> a lot in yen. Uh, on your Kickstarter. So just go ahead and do that. That is a lot in yen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's it. And then we see Troy, who is on the ground just, just before he dies, writes Mabel's name in the book in his own blood, which I just felt like had to solidify it even more. The fact that mm -hmm. it's in the witch's book and in blood. I was yes. like, that's important. Yes. Yes. But he keeps his word, even on his last in his last breath. I was like, that's nice. It is nice. <laughs> uh, and then we get the end of the frame story, which is like the, we just No, see... they actually finished, they actually finished the frame story before this. Oh one. yeah, this but I'm like- Absolute last. Yeah, we just get a little clip where the, like we see his camera battery die and that is it. Oh yeah. Yeah, the end. Credits. Yeah. Credits. The end. Yeah, <laughs> and that was VHS uh, 99, which I enjoyed very much actually. I, yes. I had a good time. I had a good time watching the VHSs. I'm this one more so than than most, but, <laughs> you know, you know, fifth times the charm, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you'll have to follow us on TikTok to see what we think about apparently the sixth installment that I just found out was a thing. <laughs> yes, right now, right now. <laughs> Uh, and you, you would, if you like what you hear, you can always uh, join our Patreon for more bonus content as well. So that was VHS 99. I hope you enjoyed this flashback <laughs> episode uh, from us. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.